Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. I am Jason Jones, the co-host here at His Hardline. You are listening to 1% or Less with him, and thank you for joining us here. It is Monday, May 9th, 2022, and today we're going to be reading out of the book of, um, let me see here in my notes here, James, the book of James, chapter 2, verses 1 through, let's see, where are we going to go into, verses 1 through 13. So, the subtitle is called Sin of Partiality. And it reads, My brothers, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings on his fingers and in fine clothes comes into your assembly and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say, Sit here, please. Why you say to the poor one, Stand there. Or, sit at my feet. Have you not made distinction among yourselves and become judges with the evil designs? Listen, my beloved brothers. Did not God choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? But you dishonored the poor person. Are not the rich oppressing you? And do they themselves not haul you off to court? Is it not they who blaspheme the noble name that was invoked over you? However, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but falls short in one particular has become guilty in respect to all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not kill. Even if you do not commit adultery but kill, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as people will be judged by the law of freedom for the judgment is merciless to one who has not shown mercy mercy triumphs over judgment and that concludes chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 now in this section that we just read in the Christian community it's very imperative that there must not be any discrimination or favoritism based on status or wealth. Divine favor, rather, consists in God's election and promises. The rich who oppress the poor blaspheme the name of Christ. By violating one law of love of neighbor, they offend against the whole law. On the other hand, conscious. Awareness of the final judgment helps the faithful to fulfill the whole law. 
I mean, remember, I think it was in Matthew. I cannot remember, but Matthew or John. But where, I think it was, in fact, it was Matthew. Where the lawyer or the attorney asked Jesus, he was testing him, you know, what's, what's the most important law? And I'm paraphrasing here, but basically that's when Jesus said, well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your being, with all your everything, right? Again, paraphrasing. That's the first most important law, but the second one is just like it, and that's to love your neighbor as you would love, as, you know, as yourself. And that's what this is talking about right here. You violate one law of love of neighbor, then you, you, you offend, they offend against the whole law. I mean, just, just because you broke the one law out of the many doesn't mean that you're okay. You break that one law, you break them all. Because that one is that important. Love your neighbor. And so when we go back to verse 1 where it says, My brothers, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings on his finger and a fine clothes come into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, you pay more attention to the one wearing fine clothes. And you say, sit here, please, while you say to the poor one, stand there or sit at my feet. That's not how that's supposed to go. That's why I highlighted it, uh, that part in uh, verse 6 where it says, But you dishonored the poor person. Are not the rich oppressing you? And do they themselves not haul you off to court? Of course they do. They probably got rich by deceiving. They probably got gained that wealth more than likely by steamrolling over other people. Listen, this kind of, this, 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 uh, this verse, this, this section in, in the chapter two here actually kind of reminds me of a, of a situation that I had when I was in, uh, where was I? I think I was in, Bus I was in Bucyrus, Ohio. In a former life, I used to be in marketing and I used to work with YMCAs and SNAP fitness facilities. And we used to do marketing campaigns to help uh, increase their membership base if a, if a particular gym was struggling. And this guy walks in, young man, and uh, we have a certain protocol. They fill out what's called a guest profile sheet. It's one one page, kind of gives us gives us you know salespeople a background check on. Uh, I say background check, but kind of a background on, you know, what their health goals are, if they want to lose weight, what they do for a living. It just gives us some basic information to work off of in order to close a sale. Well, this one young man walks in. Literally, shabby clothes, dirty clothes, worn out work boots. You could tell he just got off work. Well, I was the supervisor of that campaign, so I had two salesmen that were in their 40s. They were almost double my age. And they looked out at the lobby, saw who was, you know, signing in. And these two older gentlemen, again... I'm in my younger 20s. These men are in their low 40s. So again, double my age could be my father. And these two men are complaining and arguing with each other about who was going to churn and burn, as we called it, and blast him around the facility and give him his two free week pass so they can move on to somebody who they felt was more qualified to buy. This was going on for at least a couple minutes. And finally, I got sick and tired of it because it was happening in my conference room where the telemarketers I had, they were temporary telemarketers that we had working for the campaign, local callers. This was happening 
in front of them. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, first off, this is a small community. We don't know if that man knows any of these employees in here. That's number one. Number two, I was getting super frustrated with the argument because they were prejudging the man. And as somebody myself who has always been prejudged in a lot of different situations, I was very highly irritated because I've always been prejudged for my age and not thinking, you know, people not thinking that I'm qualified to do this, that, and the other just because I look like I have a baby face. So it kind of really, for lack of a better term, pissed me off. Excuse my language, but it did. So I told both those gentlemen, I said, you know what? Sit back. Enjoy the show because I'm going to show you something that the two of you are going to be very regretful when I come back. Because when I come back, I'm going to have a yellow sheet, which was the carbon copy of the contract that we used to fill out. And that one contract, uh, depending on the membership, would range anywhere between, you know, 50 and an $80 commission for that one contract. So I went out and I greeted the man. I shook his hand. I said, how are you doing? I'm Jason. I'm going to be showing you around today. And he told me his name and I showed him around and got to building a rapport with him. Talked with him, got to know him. Guy was a farmer. He owned his own farm. Not only did he own his own farm, but it was a very large farm. It wasn't just like a hobby farm. It was a large commercial farm. And he had just enough time to sneak away from chores to come take a tour of the facility. Because he was saying to me, he goes, I had always thought about joining the Y. I got four kids and a wife, and I thought this would be something fun to do outside of, you know, farm work. And go swimming in the pool or, you know, just have fun. Well, to sum up the story, we get to the uh, end of the tour and we were sitting at the sales table and I said, well, and I forgot his name now, but I said, you got two choices here. You could take a two free week pass and you can enjoy the facility for two weeks. You're, you and your family completely free. And once those two weeks are up, if you decide to join, you can join at the regular rate that they normally have anyway. Or if you decide to forfeit the pass and you think you want to do this anyways, I'm like, hey, you can sign up today. Save yourself several hundred dollars and and uh, get started going on today. And lock you in, you know, for at least 18 months for, you know, a really good rate. He goes, well, I've been wanting to do this anyway, so let's do it. Well, not only did he sign up, but he also paid in full for that family membership. And at that particular YMCA, that family membership, if I recall correctly, it was to the tune of like $1,100 for the family. He paid that cash. Cash. So when that, when that sale, when you also get paid, you get a membership that's paid cash, you get a little bit of higher percentage of that sale. So you get a certain percentage if it's a EFT auto withdrawal, where it's billed monthly, and then you get a higher percentage of commission if you get them to pay in full. Needless to say, that membership, commission-wise, was about, I think, if I can recall correctly, I think it was like around $84, $85. Now, I get paid the same no matter what, because I'm the one that's the marketing director that was heading up that, you know, that, that campaign. So I got paid the same no matter what. But the point was, is when I brought that yellow carbon copy of that contract to the back room where those two gentlemen were at, I taught them both a major lesson. I said, never prejudge anyone. You can have somebody come in here with an Armani suit, driving up in the most luxurious looking Mercedes, but they could be the brokest person in the world. Or you could have a man like him who looks like a mechanic or a farmer, completely dirty, looks like he probably couldn't rub two pennies together 
but for all you know, he could be a multi-millionaire. And I've known people like that. My first boss in Wisconsin was like that. He was a multi-millionaire. You'd never, you would never tell by the truck he drove and the clothes he wore. But he was smart with his money. What's my point? Just because somebody dresses to the, you know, to the nines doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you treat them differently from that of the poor person. You treat everyone the same. But more importantly, you gain you give favor to the poor because they're the ones that have been used to getting spit on and trampled on by society and basically looking past them, making them feel like they're forgotten and unimportant. That's not what we're supposed to do. That's not loving your neighbor. That's not showing love of neighbor. When you favor somebody who has fine clothes and jewelry and drives nice cars and they look like they have a lot of money, you're getting caught up in that Babylonian money magic. You're getting caught up in the evils of the love of money. Not good. So anyway... That's all I really got. It's a very important lesson. Very, very important lesson. I'm just going to repeat this part. Verse 12. So speak and so act as people who will be judged by the law of freedom. For the judgment is merciless to one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And isn't that the truth? It's all about showing mercy. So don't don't play favorites. Don't don't favor someone just because they're dressed nicer than that of a poor person. You don't know what their story is. You don't know what their life is about. You have no idea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you yet again for another lesson in your Bible. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for another day of life and good health. Thank you for our home. Thank you for a warm meal on our table. And for those that are out there that are struggling, and I know there are many out there that are struggling, it's often easy for people that aren't struggling as bad to overlook the challenges that many are facing out there with the rise of inflation and people are having to make hard decisions about whether or not they should pay for a gallon of gas or a gallon of milk. Father, I know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling, and I ask that you help help them be able to find a way, anyone who's listening to this. But more importantly, aside from that, I know you're going to take care of everybody so long they have faith in you, but I just pray that you can help dwindle down the suffering for the people that are really, really struggling out there. Please be there for them as you've been there for us, for my family, for myself. But I pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. That's all I got until then or the next time. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. God bless. I want to say thank you again for joining us here at His Heart Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.ishardline.com. We look forward to seeing you.
first day.